0: Here's today's quote. quote, I shiver thinking how easy it is to be totally wrong about people, to see one tiny part of them and confuse it for the whole, to see the cause and think it's the effect, or vice versa, end quote. That quote is by Lauren Oliver. Lauren Oliver is an author, born November 8th, 1982, and she's the author of more than two dozen books for young readers, young adults, and adults alike. She received her education from the University of Chicago, where she studied literature and philosophy before attending NYU's Creative Writing School and earning a Master of Fine Arts in 2008. And today's quote comes from one of her young adult novels. It was actually her first fiction book and it's called Before I Fall. And Before I Fall is a book that follows Samantha Kingston. And Samantha is a teenager who relives the day of her death via car crash every day for 7 straight days. And I guess the best way to describe the book would be it's sort of a Groundhog Day meets 13 Reasons Why kind of kind of book. And Sam is a Typical teenage girl. She's kind of a mean girl streak in her. She even bullies another girl in the story along with her friends and causes that individual severe mental anguish. In a lot of ways, for those of us that are long since past our teenage years, it's the typical teenage angsty kind of behavior that you would expect from a bunch of teenage girls doing a bunch of teenage girl things in their teen years. And over the course of the seven days, Sam, much like Bill Murray's character in Groundhog Day, changes various little parts of the day. Presumably, you would assume, to avoid her death, as I'm sure we all would. If we found out that we were reliving, once we realized we were reliving our own day of our death over and over and over again, we would certainly try to intervene. And she does, in various ways throughout the time, and the, the process compounds and the learnings build on one another. And through the process, we get to watch someone do something that we never can, and that is perfect themselves, or attempt to perfect themselves, or perfect a day. That's something that we can never do. Once the day is gone, it's gone. Not for Sam in this book. And so she changes her angsty, somewhat entitled teen attitude towards her siblings, her parents, her teachers, and even the girl that she bullied in an attempt to make things right. And what isn't 100% clear, is if by the end of this, when she's done this day after day after day, if it's still about her at the end of it, if it's still about avoiding her own death. And I would argue that probably not, right? So there's an evolution within the book where the main character initially realizes that she is reliving the day of her death and tries to avoid it by changing and modifying her behavior. But then, after she's been at it for a while, she begins to change... Not just for the avoidance of her own death, but for the benefit of the others that are in the book, to make life a little less difficult. Perhaps she comes to the resignation uh, that she's going to die regardless, and so she might as well try to make that last day of her life as... Lacking in difficulty as possible for everybody else because she knows how it's going to end. And as a result, we see the character evolve again in a way that we ourselves can't ever actually do. You can't go back and relive a day. We can do postmortems. We can think about every conversation and every interaction and wish we had done differently, but we can't ultimately go back and do differently. But Sam does try. And day seven is very, very different than day one. And in one exchange, that Sam has on day six of her skipping record of a death day, so to speak, she finds herself in a bathroom at a party. And that party proceeds. It's the party that immediately precedes her departure and death with the girl that she bullied named Juliet. And in the conversation, Juliet lays out the many and varied ways that Sam and her friends have tormented her over the years, going back years. And this is someone who's really struggled with this. And Sam finds herself at a loss for words and really struggling to comprehend the things that Juliet is laying out to her. Because they, in a lot of ways, seem innocent to her. They seem like normal teen behavior. In fact, some of the things that Juliet accuses her of, Sam and her friends aren't even responsible for. But Sam comes to realize that when you torment somebody in the way that she has, when you make value judgments about somebody and use them as a punching bag in the way that you do, then that person realizes it that they can then attribute, misattribute other wrongs to you. And that's completely outside your control. And of course, as you can imagine, as Juliet is laying out these things, some of which are real and some are imagined by Juliet to have originated with Sam and her friends, that Sam is not going to receive a whole lot of sympathy or empathy from Juliet when she tries to say, no, 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 that actually wasn't us. That was somebody else doing something to you. We only did these things to you. Of course, that's not going to be met well and received warmly by the person who has been tormented for all these years. Nor should it. And during that, as a result of this conversation that Sam is having with Juliet in the bathroom of a high school party as a teenager, Sam says today's quote. It's as if she has an epiphany. She's partway through the conversation, and she has this epiphany And so I'm going to read the quote to you uh, you again. And again, place yourself in Sam's shoes for this quote and understand what it is that Sam has been receiving from Juliet, which is a laundry list of torments that Juliet has endured at the hands of Sam and her friends. And imagine the moment where this kicks in. Because she doesn't say this out loud. This is a thought that she has. So here's the quote one more time. And again, this is Sam in the midst of a conversation with a girl that she's bullied all through high school. Sam says the following, and I quote, I shiver, thinking how easy it is to be totally wrong about people, to see one tiny part of them and confuse it for the whole, to see the cause and think it's the effect, or vice versa. End quote. And what a lesson, right? What a caution, what a warning. It's fantastic. It's simple. It's in a young adult book. It's in a book that you might be asking yourself, Matt, what are you you doing reading young adult fiction about, you know, teenage angst and all of those things and I'll tell you the 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 quote itself came to me through a different channel I don't even remember where it came this is one of those this is one of those moments where I wish I had done a better job of taking notes of where I heard something from originally but I was directed in some way towards this quote probably somebody else pulled it or or wrote about it or did something with it and I latched onto it And it's in doing research for this that I went back and actually read sections of this book to better understand the context in which it was given. So it doesn't matter where the quote originated, necessarily. It doesn't matter that it came from a young adult book. It doesn't mean that there's no value to be had in a book like that because I'm an adult and it is a young adult book. Of course there's value to be had there. And oftentimes some of the greatest values come from places that we don't necessarily expect. So setting all of that aside, it is a valuable lesson. And it is a lesson that resonates, I assume, because it's such a difficult one to learn. If it was something as simple as, oh, once you've been exposed to this in your teenage years, it becomes automatic. You just don't do this anymore. You just don't judge people based on one single attribute of them. Unfortunately, as we all know and can see around ourselves on a regular basis, that's not the case. We absolutely do judge people by one single factor that we know about them, one attribute. We've talked about the various sliders and knobs that make up a person's life and that, taken individually, you can turn one up or down. But it affects the overall. It affects the whole. If you were to just take a piece of music and only listen to the drumline of a piece of music or only listen to the vocals of a piece of music, you wouldn't have a full appreciation for the song. The piece of music requires all of those parts in harmony. So do people. So do each of us as individuals. Of course, it's easy. It's a a shortcut. It's a heuristic. It's something simple for us to use one attribute of a person to broadly attribute another set of characteristics to them. And to say, this one thing about this person tells me everything I need to know. Now, there are certain things where I think that, that can be the case, certain times where one thing about a person, one particular attribute of a person can be telling of that person's personality and be the kind of thing that you say, you know what, if you are like this, if you hold this one particular view or this one particular stance, I probably don't need you in my life. I don't need to associate with you. And don't don't take this the wrong way. People are complex and people are complicated and it's all too easy to do this for everything. So please don't do this with everything. I don't think most of us do, but please don't make that the default. Don't make it, don't make your laundry list of single attributes of failure so long that you can't see the complexities and complicated personalities of the people with which you interact. But occasionally, I think there are times like that. The reason that I can say with confidence that we are complicated is because I'm complicated. And if I'm complicated, you are complicated. You have your own set of attributes and behaviors and characteristics that define you as a person. And no single one of them makes you who you are. For example, I am a Marine. I've been in the Marine Corps for almost a decade and a half at this point. And to some people, that is a defining characteristic of me as a person. And it tells them in their minds, certain things about me. Much like if you are an accountant or a lawyer or you work for Greenpeace or you have children. I can make certain judgments about you, the whole person, because of those things. Now, much like I would probably be wrong in judging you about that, many people are wrong in judging me simply based on the fact that I am a Marine. There's a certain characteristic, a certain type, a certain attitude that people more or less have if they are Marines. Okay, maybe. But it could also be that people come from many and varied backgrounds with many and varied experiences, and they're not all the same. So knowing just that one thing about me might lead someone to an incorrect conclusion about me as a person. Just like me judging the fact that you are an accountant or a lawyer, you work for Greenpeace, or you have children. To be an incorrect assumption about you. We all do many things. We all wear many hats. And we are many things to many people. And that's why it's so dangerous to attribute broadly based on one characteristic. So one glimpse at a fraction of a moment might find me or you or someone else in another mode, right? Because we're many things to many people. Maybe one day you're in parent mode when I interact with you. And I see one glimpse of you. And if I take that one moment and I use that to attribute broadly to your personality, not only am I basing that off of a fraction of a moment of time with you, it may not very well be your best moment. I mean, never mind that a lot of the time we're not at our very best. We're tired, we're angry, we're misinformed, we're frustrated, whatever it may be. So now you take a subset of a person in a subset of time with a certain type of Circumstance at that moment in time, and you can easily see how if you latch onto that, it becomes a completely incorrect judgment of that person. For example, if you're a parent and I interact with you on a day where your children have been particularly difficult, you're particularly tired because you didn't get a lot of sleep the night prior, because maybe one of your children was up sick, and I see you at a park snap at one of your children, and I think to myself, wow. What a terrible parent, yelling at their child, just trying to have fun on a playground during the day. That person is a bad parent. That person is somebody that I don't want to interact with. And if I have children, maybe I don't want my children to interact with you or your children because of what I saw. But what I don't realize is all the things that I couldn't see. I couldn't see that you didn't get that sleep the night before because one of your kids was sick. I couldn't see that they had been particularly difficult that day and wouldn't eat breakfast on time, and you were late getting out the door, and the reason that you're at the park is because you missed something else because the timing didn't work out, and on and on and on. So I've made an incorrect value judgment of you based on a single interaction at a moment in time where you weren't at your best, and now I've attributed it to you broadly. Not particularly fair, right? And this speaks to something that we talked about a few episodes ago. I think it was episode 62 or so, where we spoke about being generous in our observations of others. And this is exactly why that's so important. Now, you might ask yourself, is there a theme here? Well, I can tell you, listener, that this is not a deliberate theme, I guess. I select from a large book of quotes about 10 episodes in advance. And so this particular episode was not intentionally selected to follow on with that one about being generous with our observations of others. Well, why did this quote jump out at me from all the other quotes in the book that I've earmarked for future episodes? I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a human, and I I see and observe the world, and I see that this is in short supply. This generous observation of others, this recognition that we can be so very wrong in our judgments of others based on single attributes, single statements, single tweets, single social media interactions of other people, that it had to come up twice in a span of about 10 episodes where we talked about judging others. I don't know. Maybe there's a reason that I, personally, needed to hear this. Maybe there's a reason we needed to hear this, or you needed to hear this, a couple of times in such a short period of time. But my hope is that in hitting the point again in a different way, maybe it resonates that much more with you, because it certainly does with me. Clearly, it resonated enough for me to actually take the time and make an episode about this after having just made an episode about a very similar topic not so long ago. So regardless of where you find yourself today, examine your interactions with others and think about how you treat them, how you observe them. What things are you basing your understanding and knowledge of that person on that could be incorrect? Maybe they deserve another chance. Maybe they don't. But at the very least, the thought experiment of if they do might be worthwhile. Because if you got one wrong, if you have one person who you've misjudged based on an interaction and haven't given them enough opportunity to show you who they really are, you don't have enough data points to really understand where a person is coming from and recognize that they may not always be at their best when you're interacting with them, maybe they deserve that second chance or that third chance. So be generous, and be cautious, lest you mistake a part for the whole. None of us want to be judged that way. We should endeavor not to judge others that way. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe, this is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.